0: Mix 1065, good morning. It's Christina Wolford. It is time for Lady Parts with Dr. Richard Villarreal of ADENA. Dr. Villarreal, it's time for another uh, another show today. It's time for another show, it and is. we're very excited. And so we've got some special guests today. Can you introduce them for we me?
2: We do. We have some great guests today, and this is going to be a topic that I think a lot of women are going to be very interested in.
0: Awesome. So
2: today we're going to be talking about pelvic rehabilitation, about pelvic floor relaxation. I have two wonderful physical therapists who are here with me today. I have Melissa Hutton. Who's a PT from Ohio State University? That's where she trained. And Holly Folk, who's also a PT and she trained at Andrews University. So, welcome, ladies. So nice to have you here today.
3: Thank Thanks you for having us.
2: So, what we're going to start with, let's just talk about pelvic rehabilitation. So, what is this? What am I talking about?
3: Well, for the pelvic floor, we're going to look at what kind of problems do you have first, really, to decide what type of therapy you need. Are you having a weakness issue? Um, having urinary leakage or are you having any kind of pain issues that's going to really direct first of all what our direction of care would be
2: so generally what happens is you know a patient comes to our office and they're talking about either they have incontinence issues Mm -hmm. or they have and it can be urine or it could be fecal Mm -hmm. right Um, they have issues with they feel like things are falling out of them they feel like they just don't have control it hurts and there's also some stomach muscle issues you can have diastasis which is mm-hmm. where the, the rectus muscles separate a little bit and some of these things can help uh and also this also works for men too so generally you'll see your physician and then we say yeah you need to see pe- the physical therapist to try to work on this area and and they're wonderful with this so this is a very very it's a great environment um they're very professional with this and so um How does it start when somebody comes to see you? What do we do?
1: So we can get referrals from all different types of physicians, but often it's from OBGYN or urology. And a patient generally comes to therapy with a diagnosis. And then we do a complete examination, both externally and internally. Um, Our examinations last for an hour. We initially find out what the patient's chief complaints are and what their goals are then we do our assessment which includes the abdomen it includes the diaphragm the back the hips and the pelvic floor um, generally when i described a patient what the pelvic floor consists that's of, where i was going to go next <laughs> <Yes>. we're talking about <laughs>
2: pelvic floor what's
1: the pelvic floor it's a sling of muscles generally that extends from the pubic bone to the coccyx and um, there's multiple layers of muscles included in the pelvic floor and also there's some deep hip muscles in the pelvic floor. So it's
2: like a big dish muscle that holds everything in place, right? Yes. Okay.
1: So
3: do you want to go? Sure. Well, and I always tell people they're very surprised when they get referred for pelvic floor therapy. They're thinking, what are they going to do down there? And I'm like, (laughs) these are muscles just like any other muscle, and they need to be, they need to have proper flexibility. They need to have proper strength just so that they function correctly. So um, we're going to evaluate them. We always let them know they don't have to use stirrups. We don't have to use a speculum. It kind of makes them a little bit more comfortable knowing that they're just going to come in and have a gentle exam done. Um, a lot of women are fearful of that speculum and the pain that that causes. Um,
2: so, so what kind of problems can, would somebody be referred in for? What would you expect to it's see? It's
1: really wide-encompassing, actually. So we will see people for all the incontinence or weakness issues, so that in- can include urinary incontinence or fecal incontinence. Um, Like you mentioned before, there are prolapse issues where they can have a weakness that results in the bladder dropping down or the rectum or the uterus dropping and it can cause um, different problems with defecation or urination. Um, We also see pelvic pain, a lot of different pelvic pain issues that can generate from either scar tissue or tight muscles or spasticity or maybe some previous trauma. Um, We see women that have had all types of comorbidities resulting in pelvic floor issues. Um, Back problems can result in um, pain and dysfunction. So when we do the evaluation, we really have to assess all those areas to figure out what is actually contributing to it. Um, Sometimes we'll have specific pelvic pain diagnoses like uh, coccidinia or levator anti-syndrome, vaginismus, vulvar, vestibulitis, and these are all diagnoses that come typically from their physician. So sacroiliac pain is another issue that can contribute to pelvic floor dysfunction, which is kind of a generic term that encompasses all the different problems that we see.
2: So it can be just about anything. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so when they come in, but you know, when I send somebody over to you, there may be, I say, initially I'll send them over just for incontinence or I'll send them over for, well, something is falling down, but then you do your examination. You say, well, they really have this, and, you know, we have a lot more pain here. Or this is something that I can work on.
3: Exactly. That's what I was going to say in conjunction with what Melissa was talking about. Often they come in maybe with stress incontinence, but we get in there and we're palpating. The muscles are very tight. And then they're like, well, I have been having pain with intercourse. And we find out they've had constipation for years all that can lead to dysfunction, we have to release those muscles first so they can actually strengthen them. It's just like a tight, tight shoulder. If you had somebody who was so restricted with a frozen shoulder, you just can't get them out there and do an overhead press ups. You've got to stretch the shoulder first. The same with the pelvic floor. It's just like any other muscle.
1: So we really start with whatever we find, okay. um, which very often includes a tight muscle or a, okay. or a painful muscle. And that makes sense. I
2: usually, That's what I tell the women. I say, you know, you're so tight here, there's a problem. So we sent over and I said, you've got to train the muscles first. You've got mm-hmm. to get the muscles going again before you learn how to relax them. Mm-hmm. So that, that makes total sense. So when you do, they come in, you do an examination. So um, like you said, there's an external examination. There's an internal examination because you do, you have to palpate. You have to figure out mm-hmm. where they hurt. You have to see about the prolapse. Is it the bladder coming down? Is it the uterus coming down? Mm-hmm. Is the rectum coming down? I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen. and then... You know, a lot of times you have to figure out the source. Why is this happening? You know, do they have a connective tissue disorder? Mm-hmm. Is it just because of childbirth? Boy, childbirth causes a lot of problems, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, uh, and it's not just as necessarily just the whole process of having the baby, it's just carrying the baby in the pelvis mm-hmm. that causes the majority of the problems. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody thinks I'll have a C-section, I don't have to deal with this, <laughs> but that doesn't work. No. no, So they can still have issues. So, okay, so somebody comes in, let's sort of go through an examination let's so, so people won't be afraid of this so let's talk about okay I'm a patient I'm coming in I come into your waiting room and I've been referred in what where are we going to start
1: well we start with the subjective history first like I said we find out all their comorbidities when it started how it started what they think is contributing to it find out how it's affecting their their life and how it's affecting their daily activities. So we we spend actually a lot of time on their history and getting them uh, confident in our ability to take their history and to establish a rapport with them, but also to bring up things that they may not think are related to that. So we do the history first, then we'll do the external examination, which includes checking the flexibility and strength of their hips, the flexibility of their low back area, um, we do check the abdomen to make sure there is not a diastasis recti. Um, and then we'll check the diaphragm for tightness and coordination. Um, this is all before we even get to the pelvic floor. See, so, you know,
2: I would never have thought of this. I didn't realize, <laughs> right? you mean, I've been using them for years. You know, mm-hmm. for I can't, ooh, we won't say long. <laughs> and... Um, that's, that's awesome. I they, have, they give me such wonderful reports and, and just hearing all the things that you're doing. That's amazing. Okay, keep we're, going. Keep we're going. pretty blessed because yeah.
1: we get an hour for our examination. Mm-hmm. So we're able to do a really thorough examination. Um, and then we finally get to the pelvic floor. Sure. After well, when we get to the pelvic floor,
3: I've usually shown them a model too, and I'm going through and saying, "This is what I'm going to touch. This is how." And, it, and we will only do what you feel comfortable with. And if they're not comfortable going beyond that point, and if they're not comfortable with an internal exam that day, we can hold off. It does maybe prohibits some of the knowledge that we would get, but mm-hmm. we want people to feel comfortable, and especially there's a lot of trauma out there, so we have to be respectful um, to anyone who's been through trauma um, or you know past experiences. And so, um, but I show them that model, I think that helps them a little bit. Oh, this is what I'm gonna touch. Right. Um, and this is what I'm palpating, this is what I'm looking for inside of the model. And then you know do a very gentle gloved exam and find those trigger points or find the weaknesses. Can they? Sometimes they can contract on one side, but there's not much action on the other side of the muscle. Just like one arm can be weaker than another arm. Okay, makes sense.
1: Yeah, we find out sometimes there's just a lot of coordination issues or breath-holding issues. And what's nice is we can tailor our treatment based on their individual muscle function so we we give their muscle a grade just like we would grade the strength of their oh, quads you or get an their, a to an f yeah a, you can <laughs> or flunk, a zero you to a five can, <laughs> you can
2: flunk your exam yeah okay i get it yeah there's <laughs> yeah. nothing you yet. have no tone we got to fix this yes okay yeah. that's awesome okay so once you do this then you come up with a plan for them Yes. And you sit there with them and go through it or do you come up with it first and then go back to them?
3: Yes, I usually tell a person, by the end of the exam today, I want to find out between what I've talked to you about and what I have found clinically, I'm going to devise a plan plan of care to meet your needs. Now, that plan of care can change because sometimes, as we know in the medical field, things don't always work exactly. We can shift gears and we have lots of tools in our toolkit to use.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, okay. We usually generally do quite a bit of education on the first visit to let them know what their plan of care is, what is recommended, and then start them on some type of home program. Even if it's not exercise, we generally do not do any pelvic floor exercises until their pain and tenderness and trigger points and spasticity is resolved but we still have a lot of education that we can provide them, especially with the incontinence and the urgency and the frequency. And
2: that makes sense. So we're not talking just one or two visits for this. So how, what, what's an average that we talk about here?
3: Typically, I'll tell a person on their first visit. I might, I usually see people once a week, and it will be anywhere from four to twelve therapy sessions. There are some people that um, coming far away. We have people coming from Hillsboro to Portsmouth to Gallipolis and so, and those people I work with them. Sometimes they're coming every two to three weeks, even just to kind of spread it out. There's a lot of home exercises in the middle, but usually four to twelve therapy sessions. But everyone's different, and how? Okay quick they progress insurance
2: usually pays for this
3: yes they do we have not really had any problems we use billable codes like exercise and manual therapy things that are coverable we know it's not coverable coverable by insurance and we will let them know up front if they it's like equipment maybe they might need we would let them know and it's not mandatory none of that would be mandatory there's usually ways to work around things that they can do if they can't afford it
1: and we do have insurance verifiers who will um Find out what is covered and how many visits are covered, and then we'll submit for authorization for that. And if if we run out of visits that are authorized, we'll request a different additional visits and provide the documentation to support that.
2: Okay. Now, are there ever somebody that, people that just it doesn't work for? Or sure. Do you always get something out of this.
1: Well, and and generally they do, even if it's education, because people do not even know what is normal for like urination frequency and so there's always I feel like a benefit to patients and I always tell them that even if they eventually require some type of medication or some type of surgery their outcome will be better because of what they've gone through in therapy
2: and that's true because usually I tell the women before we do any type of surgery I said you have got to learn how to control these muscles you've got to be able to do a kegel yes you have to get over there so what's a kegel
3: that is a contraction of the pelvic floor. So it's tightening all three sphincters. You need to tighten your rectum, your vagina, and your urethra and pull it up and in. Okay. That's probably the best way to explain it. That's but pretty good. <laughs> out of research, I had there is a research um, article where it showed one out of three women aren't doing it correctly with just verbal instructions. So that's why I think it's really good for them to come in and have us do an internal exam and say, Nope, you're not. I, there have been women where I'm doing a digital exam and they are not kegling, but they're tightening their whole body,
0: but nothing's out,
3: but happening. They're yes, or they're yes, they're pushing down.
2: Yes, that's what down. I see on a lot of the women. you know, they say, yeah, I can do them. And I said, let's see. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I'm checking them as we're doing it and they're pushing out. And I say, you're gonna make this worse.
3: Right. Yes, mm-hmm.
1: absolutely. And there so. are some facilities that, you know, market that they do pelvic floor therapy, but they do not do an internal exam. And that's where I feel like we're we have an advantage because we can really determine um, accurate muscle function.
2: Okay. So let's describe a because you know I, I was telling you earlier I said you know when my office staff hear me saying this every day and so you know when some of them like Heidi in particular if you know Heidi she just laughs all the time but you know when she does it she makes a face and I'm like are you giggling <laughs> you know. <laughs> You shouldn't see a Kegel. I know, no. you shouldn't see it, you but should. she does it, you know, we just to do it, medium. but I'm like, you're giggling, aren't you? You know, but um, yes, and, and my staff do it every day when we start talking about they're like, yep, we're Kegeling as we're talking. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good for them. So yes, that's how, great. So let's <laughs> talk about how, how do you do a Kegel? How do you do one?
1: Well, so that's part of our training is teaching people how to do it. So with the digital assessment, you know, we can give them some manual cueing, you okay. know, to try to lift my finger or contract or squeeze around my finger. Um, and then we give them multiple cues verbally and manually to allow them to learn how to perform a Kegel correctly. I always tell them it's like a sling and you're tightening up that sling. You're pulling it mm-hmm. up and in like Holly had mentioned.
2: Okay. And that would probably be one way to tell. If you, you, know, if you say, well, I have a little bit of incontinence, but do I have you know, relaxation? Do I have, you know, I don't have good strength of my vagina? That would be one way to tell. You know, so you could, you know, try to strengthen around your finger or something like that and see. And uh, if you say, oh, that's not so good, then maybe you do need to see somebody, right. you know, see your, your physician, right. to, we can get you into the physical therapist.
3: And there are ways when when I send them home, because sometimes that coordination was off and they're confused and I'll be, there are several things on the bottom of our sheet it will say like they can try to stop their urine flow midstream. Now I don't want them doing that routinely, but they could try to see if they can. That can give indication if they're Kegelin correctly. They can sit on a chair and see if they can kind of feel their perineum lifting up
1: away from the chair a little bit. And we also have biofeedback, um, which is, uh, we can use surface EMGs or internal probes, and they can watch their contraction on a screen, and we can watch for any substitution patterns that they're That performing. makes sense.
2: So then they can watch themselves and help, you know, what's working, what's not working, and tighten here, tighten there.
1: It and gives this, them a lot of feedback, yeah, that makes both sense. you know, auditorily and visually. And they really enjoy that. And we have electrical stimulation that would units.
2: That's awesome. I said, if you're one of these competitive type people, then that's perfect for <laughs> you. <Yeah>.
1: it <laughs> is. It's like a game for them.
3: It's it's like a vision. It's like going to a gym and you're looking at yourself in a mirror and watching how you're moving your arms. You're mm-hmm. not just flinging weights around. That that surface EMG lets them see. Oh, this is what a quality contraction looks like. Because a lot of them are lifting up a little bit and then it's just fading out really quick. They're not performing a quality contraction.
0: Okay, I like that For free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Yeah, and we work on ramp time because I always tell them, like, if if you are performing a pelvic floor contraction correctly, but it's a split second too late, it's really not functional for you. So we can mm. work on their ramp time, their strength, their endurance, their coordination, how quickly can they relax their resting tone. We get an idea of what's the resting tone of the muscle because people with pain a lot of times have a high resting tension in their muscles and they don't even realize it.
2: Okay, well that makes sense. So they get in there, you, you go through all this, you're doing your examinations and you say, okay, so at the end of this, we'll say, you've got this issue, this issue, this issue. And so do we work on them all at once? Or we're gonna take one at a time. How do, what's the best way to do this?
1: I traditionally, if they're having any issues with constipation or pain, like tenderness, spasms, mm-hmm. address that first. Because it's, it's similar to any other rehab. If you have a tight, inflexible muscle, you can't expect it to generate much force. Okay. So we deal with that first. Mm-hmm. Constipation always exacerbates Because constipation in will
2: tear everything else down. Yes. Absolutely. So. So we always want to fix that. That makes sense okay
1: and then after that yeah after that then
3: i want to make sure they are coordinating and getting the right pattern of contraction versus relaxation we want to make sure they're doing both and then we can start what we call up training or kegling if if they have any kind of
2: weakness issue so you can send them home with their own
0: yeah and doing kegels and Mm -hmm.
1: traditionally once we start that strengthening um we'll give them a home program and then they'll come back in a week or two and we'll up grade and add to their program. So if you went in for shoulder rehab, I always tell them you wouldn't get one exercise and that's it, that's all you need to do. So we give them multiple different types of Kegels and then we start um, incorporating core Exercises and hip exercises and functional exercises into their strengthening. You feel like you're going to the gym, Christina. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I think this is great that we are able to talk about that. We have a forum like this. I because even though nowadays things are more out there, I, there are still people out there that they just accept it or they're embarrassed. They don't want to say anything. They don't say anything to their OB/GYN. You know, they're like, "It's well, my mom was incontinent, my grandma was. Exactly. It's just because it's we had babies, and that's just the way it is. And you just have to deal with it." And and that's great that maybe maybe you don't we hear that
3: all, the, <laughs> all time. the time yes i tell people it's commonplace, but it should not be accepted we mm-hmm. should we should be able to treat this just like we treat any other problem and you it's don't... quality of life it's a matter of quality of life oh yes. sure and the sure. industry of pads and uh, poise pads is insane how much money they're making per year and you spend a lot of money if you have to buy those uh-huh. on a routine basis
1: right there's there's like three things that people typically do when they're having incontinence that help their symptoms, but make the problem worse. They usually start drinking less water, which is very unhealthy, and that that mm-hmm. makes the urine more concentrated and irritating mm-hmm. to the bladder. It can make the bladder shrink and get weak. Um, they start wearing protection, which also leads to more incontinence because you're subconsciously protected. And then they go to the bathroom more often. So their frequency continues to get worse and worse and worse and their urgency gets worse and worse. And, and then worse.
2: in turn, you're shrinking your bladder. So it's a self-fulfilling oh, prophecy. Wow. You just keep going more and more and more because you've shrunk your bladder down. Now yeah. it won't fill. I
1: say mm-hmm.
3: the bladder's bossy and the <laughs> colon is lazy. That's usually go. what's That's going on. That's works.
2: So, so all kinds of neat things here. But I think the big point that you made is that women shouldn't have to suffer. You know? No. And just because you're a woman, I mean, a woman can do anything. You hear them roar. Women are awesome. The world would not function without women. But that they're silent about this type of thing. And I I think it's time to bring this out in the open and say, no, it's not okay. You don't have to, you know, accept this. So there's all kinds of things that you can do. So please talk to your physicians, get out there, your nurse practitioners, talk to them. Let's get you into the pelvic rehabilitation. Let's see what we can do and make your life better. You know, maybe you may not be able to be on a trampoline, but you're going to be able to get out there and, you know... (laughs) You get out there and walk and, and do things and play with your grandchildren or play with your kids, whatever you want to do. Right. And, and you won't be worried about, you know, wetting your pants. Absolutely. And most women
1: are very nervous about the assessment. A lot of them will call ahead of time and they have questions that they want answered mm-hmm. or they want to know, what, are, what exactly are you going to do? And then by the time they leave, I always say, no, that wasn't bad, was it? And they're like, no, that wasn't bad at all. And patients generally do not they, they enjoy coming because they're learning and they're seeing progress with it. Yeah, and
2: I, and I think it's wonderful. And sometimes, you know, you leak and it's okay. That's part of it. That's part of having children. That's part of being a woman. We understand that and we're okay with it. I had a lady today who came in that, you know, accidentally urinated on my table. I'm like, it's okay. That's what we're here for. We're gonna mm-hmm. work on this. So you need to understand that, that it, don't be embarrassed by it. Get in here. Let's get you some help. Let's get you taken care of they can work on this. So this is good. So um, let's talk about some other things. You've mentioned biofeedback. You mentioned electric stimulation, um, trigger points. Let's, let's talk mm-hmm. about a few of these. We have some time.
3: Well, with electrical stimulation, we can use that several ways. We can use electrical stimulation for bladder inhibition. So if people are having a lot of urgency, we can actually use a signal that calms that bladder urge. We can use electrical stimulation to strengthen the muscle. Actually, I tell people it's kind of like you're you're doing a Kegel, and then it's giving you a little bit more of a boost. And there are home models for that; they, those can be a little bit expensive. But usually in the clinic, I find it works well, and they don't even need to get a home model. And we can also use it like a pelvic floor tinge unit. Now, this is not your normal tinge unit. People don't go out there and just buy one on Amazon and hook yeah. it up to yourself. These are specialized equipment <laughs> yeah. pieces. So, but um, yeah, we can use it several ways. Okay. Yeah, I off. saw a
0: commercial on TV just a couple of weeks ago for that. It was like a new product. It was like, you know, it helps uh, stimulate the muscles, mm-hmm. you know, and everything. and helps out. So that's kind of what you guys have, but yes. it recommend that you do it in the office. <laughs> yes, right. okay. Then we can
1: train people we in that. We can train. So, um, and then manually, we do a lot of manual therapy using our hands or, you know, on the external muscles we'll use um, massagers to assist with that. We do a lot of bladder retraining. Um for the bowels we do a lot of education but we also can um, teach people how to manually stimulate their bowels on the on the abdomen area and how to improve you know defecation and how to make sure they're not breath holding and and bearing down and how to sit properly when they have a bowel movement and how to empty better so
2: and i learned that there's a way to do it correctly so I don't know, am I doing I I've heard my nurses telling me all the time, because some of them have issues with constipation, they tell me they have to bring their knees up. Put yes. a stool on your yeah, feet. Yeah, they put a stool underneath their feet.
3: I always tell people when humans were created years and years ago, there the were not- was
1: put in wrong. The yeah, well, were wrong. There, were toilets. there weren't toilets, so we were squatting. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. gotta get in the squatting you position. Your, your knees higher than your hips. Okay, so, so yes, they, were,
2: they weren't kidding me. I thought they were like, what? <laughs>
1: So, body yeah. bodies. Well, squatty squatty body. Body. For exactly. Christmas, I got all
0: my kids one of those. <laughs> all my adult know. kids. Everybody has one at their house. Yeah, <laughs> so they it it all make help. a Big difference. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm.
1: but even we'll, you know, we'll recommend different diet changes and, of course, f- check their fluid intake and just education on things that they may not realize that's triggering some of their bower bladder issues.
2: Okay. Well, let's think. Let's talk about you just mentioned triggers. So, what other things can trigger some of this pelvic floor dysfunction? So, we talked about um, just pregnancy, having children. So we talked, you know, pain is one of the other things. Are there some other issues like?
3: I've seen a lot of patients who've come in with, um, they've started having pelvic pain with intercourse because they've had frequent UTIs and yeast infections where I think the pain from, or, or. Um, Um, vaginitis where the pain from those infections started to make their muscles guard and tighten up because when something hurts, what do we do? We clench, you know, and Mm -hmm. and tighten up and then it became a pain pattern with intercourse or any type of penetration using a tampon. It started hurting and then those patterns don't release. They don't even realize they're holding tension there and so even though we're not treating the infection, we can treat the muscle pain that's caused by the infection and then also maybe teach them some vulvar care a lot of them don't realize, oh, I shouldn't be, um, I need to air out a little bit down there or what foods can uh, make yeast infection more
2: So r- pain with likely. intercourse, so I think that, that's a great thing that you just mentioned. You know, part of the time it's vulvodynia. So just, you know, or vaginismus,
1: mm-hmm. that
2: they can't have intercourse because they're afraid or you know, they, it yes. hurts and you can help that. So I, I think that's wonderful. So, so your relaxation techniques or training them first to tighten and then to relax, correct?
1: hmm
2: And that will help so w- you talked about that let's talk about aging process is that another one
1: yes absolutely. you'll see a lot of changes in the vulva and there's their tissue will get you know thin and um, dry and so we can teach them education on that how to care for it not to use soap when they a lot of women are are hyper clean um mm-hmm. are, as a society which is a bad we- thing Yes, yes, because we have good bacteria that helps kill the bad bacteria. So we'll teach them how to take care of the vulva and the perineum and how to, um, you know, after intercourse, what they should do and how to to stay clean. Okay.
2: And what about overweight, obesity? Can that cause any effect with this?
1: Probably indirectly. um, It probably can. And with the back issues and
3: increase abdominal growth is known to put more pressure on your bladder too or and increase um, incontinence I don't know if I've seen a direct correlation with obesity okay. I'm and just pain. Asking, mm-hmm. what about
2: you know pelvic surgeries things like that scar tissue
3: yes absolutely we see um, after uh, repairs, sometimes people have problems with retention. I've had um, referrals from the urogynecologist sending people down just to work on stretching the muscles so that they can release urine then because they've been having to self-catheterize after right. a procedure. Well,
2: because after a lot of times when we do the surgeries, you know, with everything falling down, we fix the bladders, the mm-hmm. rectums, the whole vagina's falling out. We have to make them a little more tight because yep. they're going to relax. The skin relaxes naturally with the aging yep. process. With intercourse, so we do intentionally tighten everything up, and sometimes they just scar in a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: And so we have to send them over. So that, we'll, that's.
1: Yeah, we'll see people after endo, endometri- if they have endometriosis, and mm-hmm. that causes some problems with their fascia and tightness and restrictions, or they've had surgery for that laparoscopic surgeries, and those that can affect the pelvic floor as well.
2: So so we've gone over. Uh, there's a gambit of things that you can do. So yeah. anything that in the area. Um, you can take care of, you know, we didn't even mention, you can also take care of men. Absolutely. You know, the pelvic floor in a man also can cause some problems. Mm-hmm. You know, my understanding after um, prostate surgeries, surgeries. Is one. Prostatitis. Prostatitis. Mm-hmm. Um, and erectile dysfunction. Yes.
1: Correct? We so can fecal incontinence and So the urinary same thing on men. So
2: we, even though this is a women's show, just to realize that they can also help with men. Um, we can
1: pre, pre and postnatal care for women who are having back pain or abdominal pain or pressure uh, we don't do an internal exam when a person's pregnant but we can still help them with some of their um, issues that they're having and teach them proper body mechanics and things like that so
2: there's there's so many things that you can do so <laughs> it's, it's wonderful So i think part of the show is to get out what can be done that you don't have to suffer silently that they mm-hmm. can help you with so many of these problems all the way from you know pain with intercourse to incontinence to you know prolapse to you know, just general discomfort. So there's so, so much that that can be done. Um, You talked about the Kegel exercise, there's things that you'll send them home with, you know, because once they go home, they have to keep doing this, correct? Yes. So you'll send them home with things to do and how to keep training.
3: Everything we do is pretty much um, evidence-based And so we know it takes 30 to 80 Kegels a day to get stronger and it can take up to six months to build up strength. I always tell people you're not going to go to the gym and be a beefcake in a month. So don't Mm. expect your muscles. (laughs) Some of
2: us aren't going to be beefcakes. (laughs) So that's
3: okay. So I just, I usually, we usually really see some change, especially if it's a bladder control issue within anywhere from four to eight weeks. But I really encourage them, you're going to get anywhere from 50 to 100% better typically within six months. And a Mm. lot of women can get close to 80 to 100% better. That's
1: awesome.
3: But even if they're 50% better and they've diminished how many pads they're using per day, I mean, their quality of life is so much better. But they have to keep up with it. I have had uh, women come back a few years later where maybe. well, I had one lady that got COVID and she hadn't done her Kegels for probably three years before COVID. And then just that wore her down so much, the leakage returned. And right. so Coffee. she came back, and, yeah, all the coughing. She came back and we did rehab again. And now right. she's like So three, It's just like so. any other
2: muscle. You mm-hmm. have to keep training. Keep it you going. You have to keep exercising. the vagina is a big muscle you have to yes. do this. Yes. So, okay. So it, boy, the half hour went fast. But anyways, let's talk. Is there anything else? I mean, we have covered so much. Is there anything else that you'd like our listeners know? We'll go ahead and start. I think
1: if people just have questions about it, we are very, very open to calls. You know, if they're, if they want to kind of have someone screen their history for them, even over the phone and, and let them know if we feel like we could be of benefit to them, if we okay. can give them some information. We're open to that because we realize most people have no idea that this is available. They're, right. they're not expecting to come to physical no. therapy and get pelvic floor therapy or get an internal exam so we would rather them be comfortable okay
3: and we are listening to what their goals are what are your goals for this rehab are you what are you wanting to see are you wanting to see your pain relief are you wanting to be able to get down on the floor and play with your grandkids are you wanting to play tennis or run again what what are your goals because we want to address those and make sure we're
2: they aiming make towards you them and make mm-hmm. your life better i think that's what and, it's all about
3: and maybe mm-hmm. another
1: question people have is um it's all females doing the treatment, and whoever they're evaluated with, generally that's who they stay with. We do have an, another couple th- uh, therapists who are trained in the urinary incontinence issues, um, but they stay with us. It's completely private. It's completely confidential, um, and our treatment sessions are 45 minutes, so we have lots of time. So it's very that's um, awesome.
2: Yeah, so it's personalized. Yes, yes. that's what you want.
1: Okay, all right
2: ladies we thank you so much for being here today thanks it's such a one i learned a lot and i'm sure our (laughs) listeners did too so thank you so much please if you're out there listening to us don't suffer in silence get out there there's help for you there are wonderful smiling faces are here they're ready for you they can help you
0: all right and you know if you're out there that's the main thing is i didn't know this was available this is great and
2: so how
0: can we get a hold of you right
2: that's the important thing
3: well we are at adena wellness west on 2077 Western Avenue, and you can always call the main hospital line, but our phone number is
0: 740-779-4830. Okay, you said that's great for questions, but if somebody, you probably need to be referred from your physician right first. Yes. So if you're out there listening and you're suffering, ladies, please uh, make an appointment and uh, talk to your OBGYN. Tell them you heard about this on the radio. You know, (laughs) let them know that you want to... uh, you know check into this pelvic rehabilitation it could be life-changing
1: all right
2: well thank you so much
0: <laughs> thank you so much ladies Holly and melissa thank you again dr richard Villarreal. this has been lady parts with dr richard Villarreal. it's heard the third monday of every month at 10 a.m on mix 1065 here in chillicothe you can also catch the podcast on iheart radio just open up the free iheart radio app click on podcasts and do a search for lady parts with dr richard Villarreal.